It's all like the charm of Marissa Cooper without any of the tumultuous Mm -hmm. events that occur. Totally. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to New Year, New Movie. How's the New Year going, Christina? It's going pretty good. I've I've really been taking the theme New Year, New Movie to heart. I've been watching new films. Oh, nice. Mostly because I'm trying to get ahead of the Oscar nominations. Yeah. At the time of this recording, they have not come out yet, so trying to get ahead of the game, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm on it, and... Uh, yeah, things things are going well. How is your new year going so far? It's going pretty decent. We're trying to like eat healthier and stuff and like drink less. Haha. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but it it's actually going like pretty okay. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Like we didn't do sober, what is it, dry, dry January. January? Yeah. But just cutting back, like trying to be reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited for the Oscars. I don't even know if I'll I'll watch them because I'm going to be away when they're right. happening. But I did notice like a lot of the movies that are getting buzzed and stuff like I had already seen. So I'm like, oh, shit, like I can actually do it this year. Like I can yeah. actually <laughs> maybe see most of the movies nominated. Mm-hmm. So I am excited for that. I saw like Tar recently. I saw Megan, which was great. Everyone should go see it. <laughs> I think it people think it's a horror and they're like, oh, I, I freaked out. I don't want to see it. It's really not a horror film. Yeah, it's more comedy, right? Yeah. But it's there's also like a lot of heartfelt moments too. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely been seeing a lot of buzz about it. So I'll have to check it out. Um yeah, I'm really trying to I'm trying to go to the cinema more this year the because cinema. yes, to the theater. Cause I barely went last year. I think the only movies that mm-hmm. I saw in theater last year was like the batman boo which was not it wasn't my fave it's not a bad yeah. movie it's just like it's not my genre and um elvis and i think that was it do you guys have an an amc like movie pass in canada or? um i think that cineplex which is kind of like the big chain here has something mm-hmm. but i don't i don't know what it is but tuesday is like the cheap day that's when oh nice Tickets are cheaper. Do you guys have Alamo Draft House? Um, we don't have an Alamo Draft House, unfortunately. Oh, I saw Avatar in theaters last year. I forgot about that. Oh. Because I saw I saw it at Alamo, thank God, because that movie is three hours <laughs> long. And if you don't have like food it's and a drink. It's so long. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if I had to pee during that movie. I might have been like just so it's a beautiful, but I was like, I yeah. could not be. <laughs> the whole end to pay attention to that plot for three hours and i'm like we could have trimmed a lot of fat here oh yeah it's just my opinion i think the, the first act was so fucking slow i was like all right we did a lot of world building in the first one so we don't have oh to gosh. do as much in this one but they were like no we're gonna do just but as they were much. like we're gonna do yeah <laughs> but that's just my two cents also well my other two cents is at what point is this just an animated movie? But that's my bigger question for CGI in general. Like, at what point is it just animation? Would you not count it as an animated movie? I don't think that Avatar is counted as an animated movie. I think it's counted as, like, a live-action film. 
I guess, I don't know if this is a stupid question. Are they doing the thing where they like put a bunch of wires on a real person? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do motion capture, yeah. Motion capture. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it is a beautiful, like it's visually stunning. Oh, totally, yeah. But I'm like, for me, I couldn't hold my attention. And I'm actually, I'm thinking about how when I was at Disney World, there was like a Pandora ride where you like ride the I forget the animals that they ride but um it was like beautiful like with a VR headset on and like in that very realistic flight simulation thing Mm -hmm. it felt like incredible I was like I feel like I am in the world Mm -hmm. but in a movie theater I'm like I love a 90 minute movie (laughs) we love the 90 minute movie bring back the 90 minute movie Mm -hmm. Um, and with that beautiful segue to is this a 90 minute movie it might be slightly longer yep it's Uh, like a 97 minute movie whatever it's close enough we have uh, a new movie for you guys today that we've never seen before that I had never even heard of me neither it's a it's a decom I've never heard anyone talk about it and (laughs) you're gonna learn through this episode that we are we are stands of this film. Obsessed. <laughs> yeah. Obsessed. Do you want Matt, to tell I the didn't people? see it as a child. We are doing the 2002 should be classic mm-hmm. A Ring of Endless Light. Okay, this movie is a banger. I'm sorry, but it just is. We have the stars, you might ask. Mm-hmm. Misha Barton and Ryan Merriman with uh, the support of actor Jared Padalecki. Yeah, guys, why are we not talking about this movie? It's literally quintessential <laughs> early 2000s. It's insane. It's Misha Barton a year before the OC came out. Yeah. She's like 16, 17 when they filmed this. Um, I guess, was this before Gilmore Girls too? It must have been. I think so. When did Gilmore Girls start? Check. Uh, oh, it started in the 2000s, actually, so it just started. Okay. So, yeah, a very young Jared Padalecki. Very young. And then Ryan Merriman, a decom king. I know. What happened? He is a little <laughs> haughty in this movie. Abs- oh, my God. The way I would have made this entire movie, really, my personality oh, yeah. when I was a kid, but I would have been obsessed with him. Absolutely. Part of me is like, maybe I shouldn't have seen it because I would have been fucking obsessed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But let's just get into it. Yes. So A Ring of Endless Light is initially, it's a book. It's in the series, the Austin Family series by um, Madeline, I don't want to butcher this name, Longo? Yeah, it's it's L apostrophe E-N-G-L-E. I assume it's French. And I know that one of the reasons that this movie got like some not great reception is because it's very different to the novel. Mm-hmm. And that's because, guys, if we use our if we use our thinking caps, we put them on, we remember that this is a <laughs> Disney Channel original movie. Therefore, the multiple deaths and the suicide attempt in the book yeah. can't really be put in the movie. So it's more so inspired by than like an adaptation, right. I would say. So you gotta you gotta separate them in your mind because they're just not the same. If the critics thought that they could do that adaptation mm-hmm. on Disney, then they shouldn't be a fucking critic because they don't know yeah. what Disney Channel is. Yeah. Like 
you have to, in your mind, realize that they could never mm-hmm. do a realistic representation of the book. And yet, still, the movie is actually quite dark at times. Yeah, for it sure. It has a lot more adult themes in it mm-hmm. than like any other decom I've ever seen. There are multiple kisses in this movie, which shocking yeah. for a decom. And you also see a death on screen, too. Yeah. So they did they they made it as dark as they possibly could for a decom, I would say. Absolutely. Um so one of the negative reviews that I saw on Wikipedia was by Laura Fries from Variety, and she said, writers Marita Giovanni and Bruce Graham take the poignant and thought-provoking notions of life and death found in Madeline Lengal teen novel and turn it into Gidget meets Flipper Drivel. I disagree. Disagree. I definitely think that the movie is way more poignant than that. Mm-hmm. Totally. I don't know why she would think that it was so after school especially or I don't even know if that's the correct term but like there is so much to take away from this movie as a kid as a teen Mm -hmm. if I saw this movie I don't want to like ruin what I think of it but there is a lot of takeaways there I think there's Mm -hmm. a lot of like ways to like cope with death Mm -hmm. there is a lot that it says about like young romantic relationships the Los Angeles Times did say Misha Barton's performance was um great and james whitmore like as the grandfather was also great so Mm. i do appreciate that oh yeah i mean i always really enjoy watching misha barton perform and one thing that we actually learned while kind of researching this movie and like reading misha barton's entire wikipedia page she has a huge background in theater which i never knew and i'm like Let's get Misha back on the stage, guys. For sure. She her acting debut was in Slavs, which mm-hmm. is a Tony Kushner play. Yeah. She was the child who was starring in it. Marissa fucking Tomei Academy Award winner. I want to fund time travel simply so I can go and so attend I can this. See it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was eight, like she was a child, but like that is a pretty incredible role. I feel mm-hmm. like Whenever I see her perform, too, she's always incredibly grounded. Yeah. Very, like, internal life. Like, I feel like her internal life is so robust that I'm, like, tuned in. I'm, like, Mm -hmm. what are you thinking? You know, what's going on in there? And I could totally see her as a kid being, like, having that calmness to her that enables her to really, like, exude a lot in the character. Totally, yeah. And, like, when you watch the OC, she has has a lot of, like, really – tough storylines that she she had to deal with fucking shit on her for god's mm-hmm. sakes mm-hmm. and she handles them like a pro she was so young when she did that show and she has such an emotional depth to her yeah that i really i really enjoy watching her perform and i i want to see more and i want to see her on stage so bad because she also went back and did some more stage stuff i think in like it was like 2012 or something she did yeah something like that another show um but yeah, love Misha Barton. She was like a huge 2000s it girl. Like oh, she yeah. was the moment. And this is like right before everything took off for her. Another fun fact we have is that the film's director, Greg Beeman, was nominated for the 2002 Directors Guild of America Award for Outstanding Directorial Achievement in Children's Program for this movie. And I think well-deserved. It was great. Yeah. Our last little trivia fact before we get into it is that 
Kirsten Storms was originally cast as Vicky Austin, and then they had like even commercials with her, but changed the um, star at the last minute to Misha Barton. Kirsten Storms was Xenon, yeah. if that rings a bell for anyone. And I don't know. I, I'm really happy with this movie. I don't know if I would change anything. Yeah, totally. Before we dive into it, we just want to remind you that our Patreon episode for this month is out. We did stick it. It was super fun. Yeah. I really keeping the the teen movie theme going all month long. So if you want to check that out, head to the link in our bio or in the show notes. Yeah, should we just get into it? Let's dive in. So the opening of the film, we're underwater and we see Miss Misha Barton, a.k.a. Vicky Austin, swimming. And then the camera pans and she has a mermaid tail. And because I had never seen this movie before and knew nothing about it, I was like, oh my god, she's a mermaid in this movie? <laughs> I'm so excited. Spoiler alert, it's, it's a dream. But... <laughs> She is a mermaid. She is swimming. We then see this ominous fishing net that she gets caught in. And suddenly, mm -hmm. <gasps> Vicky wakes up. It was all a dream. And in real life, Vicky has fallen asleep on this ferry that she's taking with her brother Rob and her sister Susie to Seven Bay Island, where they're going to stay with their grandpa for the summer. Mm -hmm. So they arrive at the island. He picks them up in his beat up old vw bug uh they all reunite hugs all around and grandpa gets Susie to hold up this gigantic beach umbrella as the roof of the car <laughs> because the car does not have one because it might rain it's like the the word that we've used in other episodes is jalopy yeah <laughs> it's jalopy that's correct so, you know, it's raining on the drive home. The kids rush into the house when they get there. And Vicky's like, oh, has anyone called? And Susie's like, oh, you're asking if Zachary Gray called? What a name. Zachary yeah. Gray? Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rob is, like, thrilled to see his grandpa's pets, Mr. Rochester and Ned. Vicky decides to call her mom just to let her know that they got there safe. I don't know if we mentioned, but, like, she is the older sister. Yes. And then Rob is, like, I don't know, probably middle school age. And Susie, I looked up the actress's age, and she's, like, 14 in this. I want to say they portray her as, like, 13, 14. Totally, yeah. And she calls her mom. She's like, oh, my God, the island is beautiful. It's great. But her mom is, like, asking her to do something. She's like, yep, I got it, mom. Like, I'm going to do it. Like, I just got here. You know, I haven't had time yet. And she's like, oh, Rob really wants to talk to you here. Here's the phone. <laughs> and Vicky looks upset. Um, she walks over to the window, kind of looking forlorn. So that night, as everybody is sleeping, Vicky is reading uh, a textbook, The Principles of Physics. So that's what her mom was asking her to do is, like, study, Yeah, I guess. And... Grandpa comes up to their room because they have this balcony and he wants to set up Susie's telescope now that the storm has passed. Susie's thing is that she's like doing this project about like stars. She's very into astronomy right now. And Vicky talks about how, you know, Susie has this strict schedule when it comes to her stargazing. 
and that she has every second of the summer planned out. Meanwhile, Vicky doesn't even know what she wants to do tomorrow. So she's feeling a little directionless. Yeah. A little lost in life. Her family seems to be like academics. It's like in- mm-hmm. implied that her parents are professors. Yeah. The project like that her sister is doing is for fucking like early admission into yeah. like MIT or something. It's MIT, crazy. yeah. yeah. And she's like, I'm going to get the weight of the stars in their age from, like, my mathematical calculations and Mm. stuff. It's, like, intense. Yes. Grandpa then mentions, you know, the physics book that she's holding. And Vicky explains, you know, she promised her parents that she would study this summer because there's this new exceptional school at their university. And if she – and she, like, aced the English test to get in, but not so much the math and science. So that's her focus for the summer. And Grandpa's like – Okay, anyways, I have a present for you. Come downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) So he then gives her this book, and on it it says a a collection of poems by Victoria Austin, a.k.a. her. And inside are all of these handwritten poems that she's written over the years and sent to him. Yeah. So she's more of an artist. That's her thing. And she's extremely touched by this gift And he asks why she doesn't show her poems to other people. And she's like, well, I mean, I used to. I used to show mom, but she'd only ever say, that's nice. So I stopped. But her grandfather says that the poems are honest and funny. And anyone who thinks that growing up is easy just doesn't remember it. He's so wise. I know. He's so wise. He's so supportive. Yeah. And so she she tells him that she loves him, thanks him for the present, and uh, as she hugs him, he has some, like, back pain all of a sudden. Yeah. And this is our first clue that something mm. is wrong with Grandpa. But he blames it on, you know, carrying their heavy luggage. And at this point, I was like, he's going to die. Oh. He's going to die. Yeah. So Grandpa then goes into his room where he's struggling to breathe and he takes some medication. Grandpa. They call him grandfather throughout the film very explicitly. Yeah. yeah. Grandfather. Grandfather. Hello, grandfather. (laughs) So the next morning, a boy named Adam, a.k.a. A 19-year-old Ryan Merriman decides to – you know, ride up to the house on his eco-friendly bike. Mm-hmm. He introduces himself to Vicky and Susie. He's like, oh, I, I heard about you from your grandfather. And he's here to return some books that he lent him. And Vicky's like, you're reading Lao Tzu? And Adam is like, oh, yeah, your grandpa has the best library on the island. So we can tell that this man is a little bit of an academia. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. He's he into Taoism. Like, he's he's reading up. <laughs> And he's he like gets along with her grandfather, which I always feel like like if you went to your parents' house and there was like a cute like smart guy who was like, oh yeah, I've just been like chatting with your dad about like I don't know. I'm like that's really sweet. Like mm-hmm. the getting along with the family factor is big brownie points. Definitely. So, anyways, he tells Susie that um, he hears that she's quite the scientist. And she's like, yeah, I'm planning on applying to MIT for early admission. What are you up to, bitch? (laughs) 
She has a fucking attitude, this one. Yeah. she. Well, she says, I'll tell you what she's working on. Yeah. She says she's working on an astrophysics project trying to graph the weight of a number of stars by analyzing their light and the way it interacts with the atmosphere. And then she asks, oh, what are you doing? Like, what's up with you? <laughs> Adam has early admission to Harvard this fall. Oh, my God. And he's going to study marine biology He's like, I work at the Marine Center. We're doing research on dolphin communication. He's a smarty, my God. Yeah. Who cares about fucking animals? Unreal. That's it. That's it. You got me. You got me. (laughs) So Vicky chimes in, who's been like quite quiet during this conversation, and she's like, I love dolphins. And Susie just gives her like this look like she is the dumbest woman on the planet. Even Adam is kind of like... Yeah, Adam's kind of like, thank you for adding nothing to the conversation. They're like, science, science, science. And she's like, I love dolphins. Yeah. He's like, yeah, they're amazing. (laughs) And then he like turns to Susie. He's like, we're studying their echolocation. Oh, Susie, like you can come along to this... (laughs) He's killed I, me. I, I, I can't even say this with straight face. He's like, oh, Susie, you can come along to the center if you'd like to see what we're working on. Hey, Vicky, you can come too if you want. <laughs> brutal. Just like brutal. The way that they're having this like academic fucking jerk off competition. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, if you want to see what, like, I'm working on, you can come to the Marine Biology Center. And then, like, remembers, like, Vicky, a young, beautiful, nice girl who's his age, is, like, standing there. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, you can come too, bitch, whatever. Yeah. But you can ride in the back so you have some stuff to talk about. <laughs> At first, oh I was like, gosh. are he and Susie going to get together? Right. I was like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So... They ride their bikes to the center, and in fact, she is riding in the back because he is riding with Susie, and they're talking oh about God. their projects. <laughs> but uh, Adam is explaining to Susie that for this experiment, like or this study, I guess, they have a control group of dolphins who have been raised in captivity for generations, and then also a group of wild dolphins, mm-hmm. and that's how they're going to kind of compare the communication style, if it's like innate, if it's learned, how it works. Suddenly, a loud car, vroom, vroom, approaches, and Susie goes, here comes Prince thinks he's charming. Scathing. Damn. Scathing. (laughs) Yeah, so Vicky goes over to the car to see that the driver is the elusive Zachary Gray, a.k.a. Jared Padalecki. Rolling up in his convertible like a jam hottie. Yeah, got that flippy hair. He's got the sunglasses on. And he's like, oh, if it isn't the girl from last summer. And she's like, oh, if it isn't the guy who never returns letters. So, Tell him. Yeah. Tell him. Yeah. It's pretty spicy. They, you know, you can tell they had a romance last summer, but- Things are strained at the moment. And he's like, oh, come on. Like, don't hold a grudge. My letters are just more boring than yours. You want to go for a ride, babe? And she's like, I can't. I have an appointment. And he's like, with who? And she says, 
with a dolphin and then looks back at Adam and I was like oh my god the love triangle is being set up I'm into it I'm intrigued tell me more I love this I'm just checking really quick I'm like trying to gauge where this movie could possibly take place because the way they (laughs) set it up it looks very Cape Cod or like Maine coast right but you can't see dolphins in those places like in the in the New England area. Would it have to be so, like Florida? Definitely. Like yeah. Florida or the West Coast. Because, you know, just thinking to my my knowledge of other teen movies about um, ocean life. Yeah. Aquamarine was set in Florida in uh, like near Tampa Bay. Near Tampa. Tampa Bay? Tampa. Because they go, they go into Tampa, Tampa yeah. one day to go shopping. Um, but both that movie and this one were shot in Australia. Yeah. Which is apparently yeah. the stand-in for Florida. Yeah, that's interesting. I bet you get a lot of like tax breaks or whatever. Yeah. Bay Ridge, that's the name of the town in Aquamarine. Oh, okay. There we go. So at the Marine Center, Adam tells Vicky and Susie that according to the laws of hydrodynamics – Dolphins shouldn't be able to swim that fast, but they're thinking it might have something to do with, like, their skin. And Adam talks about how dolphins were mammals in prehistory, and they left the land for the sea. So they kind of went from the, like, primordial ooze of the sea (laughs) to the land and then back to the sea. Yeah. As far as they know, dolphins and whales are the only animals to ever do that. And I'm like, it's not true. I mean, I know that dolphin and whales did do that, but I don't know if they were the only ones. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they're including, like, like porpoises and stuff because I think they're they're mammals as well. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not a fucking animal scientist. So (laughs) Vicky is like, there's also mermaids. And Adam is like (laughs) – dumb fucking bitch (laughs) who invited her (laughs) and then he says that ancient mariners mistook dolphins and porpoises for mermaids and vicky is like but it wasn't a myth to them like they were alone out at sea and they needed more mates and in my head i was like i feel like you're saying and i'm not even trying to be gross i feel like she's insinuating that they had sex with the marine animals and then had mermaid children I don't know. I just I feel like I don't remember her saying like mates. I think she's just like, oh, like they needed it because they missed home. Like they needed something like something to hold on to, like hope, essentially. Like she's approaching it from a very like literary standpoint, whereas he's like talking science and facts. But I I don't think she's trying to say that they were like fucking the dolphins and creating mermaids. There was just some weird like insinuation where I feel like. Maybe not like that dark, but mm. <laughs> the way that she was like, yeah, they were lonely and they wanted to like be with people. I'm like, there's like this romantic insinuation oh, of yeah, the, yeah. the sea guys, the the sailors to the supposed mermaids, right? Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Susie's like, let's see the equipment. <laughs> and <laughs> that's when Vicky notices one of the dolphins isn't really eating and Adam is like, oh, that dolphin is from the wild. And Vicky just looks into the dolphin's eyes and tells Adam that she's worried about her calf. And he's like, how did you know she was pregnant? And Vicky's like, oh, I don't know. She just looks pregnant. Mm. The way 
I would have tried so hard to become this girl oh my God. if I had seen this as a kid because she's like a cool teen. She writes poetry and she can talk to dolphins. Like, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. That would have been everything. She's also like 5'8 <laughs> and like insanely thin and just like, oh, who me? Not a, a 16-year-old manic pixie dream girl. She She would have been my idol. I would have been obsessed and I would have pretended that I too could talk to dolphins probably yeah it's all like the charm of Marissa Cooper without Mm -hmm. any of the tumultuous events that occur totally so later on Vicky is reading her physics book and Susie I think she's like she's like not really paying attention to what she's reading and Susie's like oh you're never gonna get into your school that way and Vicky's like oh yeah what a tragedy anyways what do you think about Adam and Susie's like oh you know not crazy about his research there's too many intangibles when you work with nature I prefer to stick to math and Vicky's like but you're dealing with stars like don't you consider that part of nature and Susie just like scoffs at her and walks away I'm like again the attitude on this one jeez (laughs) so silly so the next day Vicky rides her bike to the marine biology center again And immediately Enid comes up to her. That's the dolphin. Yeah. And Adam is like, oh, my God, you can already tell them apart. And she's like, yeah, of course. (laughs) And he's like, oh, like, what are you doing here? Where's your sister? And Vicky's like, she's not here. Do you want me to go? (laughs) Like, fucking hell. Like, damn, let me live. (laughs) He's like, oh, does she not like my research? Like, where's your sister? She doesn't think my research is is interesting enough. (laughs) And Vicky's just like, hello, hello. Hello, I'm right here. And Adam is like, oh, no, this is perfect. I've got a lot of work to do. I could use your help. So Adam introduces Vicky to Dr. Zand. I think she's like the biologist in this marine center. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, hello. Like, how is your grandfather doing? And she's like, fine. But Dr. Zand has this like pained look Mm. on her face. Yeah. Something's wrong with grandfather. Yeah. But we're not there yet. First, we're going to the beach where Vicky and Adam are doing some of his research. He wants to basically like they're trying to see if dolphins communicate through language or if it's like instinctual the way that ants communicate. Mm -hmm. And he pulls out this device that they put in the water and it pulses out like ultrasonic activity that's similar to a dolphin's call. So he explains that they've trained Basil, who is a wild dolphin, to come to the sound in captivity, but not in open water. So like this is their first time trying it out in open water. And Vicky's like, did you say Basil? And he's like, yes, Basil is Enid's mate. So he says that the reason they can, like, keep Basil out in open water is because they have Enid in the pen, so they know he's not going to go far. Oh, my gosh. Which is kind of fucked, fucked, yeah. if you ask me. So they want to make sure that they can call on him for when it's time for Enid's delivery. So Vicky then sees Basil coming towards them. The machine worked, Mm -hmm. and he does some little tricks – Vicky is loving it, and he's like, oh, be careful. Like, Basil is a wild dolphin, so he can be a little snappy, but totally lets Vicky pet him. No issues at all. He loves her. She's like, oh, yeah, he wants me to pet him. He has this itch under his fin. 
And Adam is like, how do you know that? And she's like, um, I don't know. It's just a feeling. It's because the dolphin told her. Oh, yeah. So Basil is even now like playing with Adam in the water. And that's when Adam notices that he has a fresh scar on him. And so Vicky closes her eyes and she's like overwhelmed with images in her head. And she just goes hard, sharp seaweed. And Adam's like, what was that? (laughs) (laughs) What's up? What was that? Uh, what's up? <laughs> and she just kind of shrugs it off, pretends nothing happened. And Adam says it's a net gash. So, like, they, they got to go back to the center. Check it out. So they go back to the center and they tell Dr. Zand about the injury that it's definitely from drift nets. And the Marie Rose is the only boat big enough that would use them. Mm. So Dr. Zand asks Adam how he's so sure And he tells her that everyone has been complaining about the lousy catch this year. But the Marie Rose comes back every couple of days overflowing with fish. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, that's not enough. I hate drift nets too, but we aren't the police. There's nothing we can do. I remember when I was like, I don't know, I was probably in like fourth grade, maybe fifth grade. And I did a project about overfishing. Uh huh. And I think that is the reason that I didn't eat fish for like many, many, many years after that. Cause I was like, wow, overfishing is a problem and I'm not gonna be a part of it. And I just didn't eat fish for a few years. There is like sustainable seafood, although I mm. haven't looked into like more ethical. Mm. Like, I don't know the, the further information about the ethics of it, but I definitely think that it's important not to eat a ton of fish all the time. Mm -hmm. I eat fish now, like I'm pescatarian, I would say, but Mm -hmm. I don't try to eat it as often. Or like if I go, if we get fish or something, it's like preferably not like a farm raised, here we go type of fish. I don't know. There's a lot of sustainability issues Meat, too. I mean, that's, like, a huge reason why so many people are vegetarians. Mm -hmm. Definitely something a lot of people probably don't think about is overfishing. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I feel like it's just the fact that fish are in the ocean and and people often forget about the ocean. Yeah, definitely. And I remember that was also, like, a big plot point, too, in another movie I watched recently. Mm -hmm. Not, like, for the first time, but, again, um, Happy Feet. Oh, yeah. The whole kind of, like – thing about that movie is that the penguins are like the fish have gone and we must it must be because like we have sinned we need to like blah 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 (laughs) but it's because the humans were overfishing so can't throw off the ecosystem i also last night rewatched um the disney nature dolphin reef special because i was like let me get some more dolphin info in the chat and that was like it really focuses on kind of how to maintain the balance of a coral reef, which is super interesting. Yeah, coral reefs, man. Mm -hmm. They're getting screwed. Yeah. It's really bad. It is. It is. But back in this movie, uh, we're on the beach, and Susie is looking in this little, like, treasure chest thing she has full of her nail polish, and she's like, oh, where is my clear nail polish? Meanwhile, her brother Rob is using her clear nail polish uh, to preserve the bugs that he's catching. That's his thing, is he loves to catch bugs. Meanwhile, out on the ocean, 
Zachary Gray going absolutely sicko mode on his jet ski, zooming around in the water. He pulls up to shore and Vicky's like, you should be more careful. And he's like, I should be a lot more things. And I was like, oh, my God. The band, <laughs> oh, my God. What? And he actually then leans in to kiss her. I forgot that he's so bold, like immediately leans in to kiss her. And she like kind of puts her hand to him and is like, "Yeah, you know, I wrote you a lot this past year and I didn't even get a Christmas card. That kind of hurt. And he's like, I'm sorry. You know, I was busy getting kicked out of various private schools and he basically like has been failing out of all of his classes mm -hmm. and then he drops the real bomb he says also my mother died and vicky's like that's not funny and he's like no I'm, I'm serious she died in october so that's devastating vicky tells him yeah. that she's sorry and he's like i am too like can we can I at least get a hug or something? And so they do hug mm -hmm. and he tells her that he missed her. And like, I think he very genuinely means it. He's just a kid that's going through yeah. a lot right now. Yeah. They don't really frame him as being an asshole. Which I thought they were going to do and they didn't. Yeah. yeah. Which I appreciated because I think that to say as a teenager, your mom died, like that's a mm -hmm. huge trauma, like big emotional thing that happens mm -hmm. like if I told a guy at 16 like I wrote to you all summer you didn't write back like that really hurt my feelings mm -hmm. I feel like they'd be like hurt your feelings yeah like who am I <laughs> I feel like it would just be not a productive conversation mm -hmm. and that's also <laughs> it's really vulnerable of her to say that yeah she's like very honest with her feelings and she doesn't like she doesn't take crap like she doesn't take not like obviously now we know why he's been withdrawn but like if it was just that all she knows is like oh we had this great summer and then you never wrote me again like she's not taking yeah. this mistreatment and just letting him then like swoop back in the next summer um which i which i really liked i liked that me too so later on rob is playing with mr rochester his grandfather's dog and vicky and zach are talking on the beach he tells her about his father and how he doesn't want to talk about anything. So he sent him to a grief counselor. And after like six sessions, the grief counselor was like, well, he's deeply sad because his mother died. And he's just like rolling his eyes. It's clear that he and his dad have an insanely strained mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. And then – He's like, oh, but like enough about me and my boring life. Like, what What about you? What have you been up to? And I will say before I finish the scene, like, I did feel bad for Zach at a lot of points in mm -hmm. the movie. Yeah. Because he just doesn't have a support system. It, he's such a tragic character. Yeah. I really felt for him. And I really thought upon his introduction that I would hate this character. Mm-hmm. Um, also because like Jared Padalecki at this time, all I think is Dean. But <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I will fucking kill you. Mm -hmm. But no, I really, I really do have a soft spot for Zachary. And I hope that after this summer, he's able to find some peace and some happiness and maybe him and his dad can kind of mend their relationship. And I want, I want good things for Zachary Gray. Because he truly is a very yeah. kind individual. He just is going through a lot. 
that is it's a lot for any kid to handle i agree or at least get him a better therapist for god's sake right my god jesus vicky is like oh i don't even know like last summer feels like years ago while they're talking rob is out in the ocean he threw the frisbee but the dog like didn't go to get it so he goes out to uh, retrieve it and he's out like kind of deep and Mm -hmm. this big tide rolls in and he goes under so we cut back to vicky and zach and he's like i'm taking flying lessons like i should take you up and vicky's like oh my god my parents would never go for it but loki i'm like danger danger Mm -hmm. and he tells her that's her one problem like she doesn't dare do the things that she wants to then vicky just like senses there's something wrong and she starts yelling for Rob and Vicky and Zach run out to the ocean, but Rob isn't answering their calls and they can't see him. So Vicky dives under. She, she is like searching for him. She calls out for help. I'm like, Zach, get in there, right? man. And she dives under again. Finally, Basil finds Rob mm. and like helps bring him to shore and in the distance, Vicky sees Rob riding on a dolphin. And when he gets back to shore, she like runs over to him and asks if he's okay. And Rob is like, I was just swimming and then I got tired, but I don't know how I got back to shore. That's when she realizes he saved Rob. Wow. So we already have a, a, a near death experience. We also had a lot of like – yeah death talk right before this so i'm like mm-hmm. disney is doing their absolute best to incorporate the many many themes of death in this yeah book. so like give them a break i'm like this is a lot of exposure for kids yeah let's let let's let them chill out here mm-hmm. so we then go the next day or so to town and grandpa tells vicky that he's noticed that she's been deep in thought the past few days and asks what's on her mind That's when they run into the Harbor Master Dan, and he's like, oh, it's so good to see you out and about, Reverend. This is also where we learn that he's a reverend. Yeah. um, What? Yeah. There there are a lot of uh, religious, not even undertones, overtones in this movie, for sure, and kind of like they're kind of using dolphins as like an allegory for God, I think. In a way. Yeah. Well, it's also pretty interesting because we don't really talk about how the family is like Catholic or Christian, Mm -hmm. but we talk a lot about like philosophy and everyone's clearly like into mathematics and just being super uh, studious and like academics. So it's interesting that there is also a really strong like religious tie because I feel Mm -hmm. like we're often told that science and math and religion don't mix. Definitely. And like there's also – there's a conversation about like reincarnation at one point. There's a lot of theorizing lot of about – Yeah, about what happens after you die mm-hmm. but without ever mentioning like heaven or anything like that, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. After this little chat with the harbor master, grandpa says, that, you know, he's doing splendid, all good. He goes back to, you know, focusing on Vicky and asks – to hear what she's been thinking about. And she asks if he thinks she was crazy if she told him that she thinks that dolphins are talking to her. So they end up sitting down. She tells him the whole story about her connection with the dolphins and how Basil saved Rob. 
And her grandfather does believe her. And he says that people have different ways of hearing things and tells the story about how her grandmother could sense that her daughter, Vicky's mom, mm-hmm. was going to cry before she did. So Vicky asks, why her? Like, why does she have this ability? And her grandfather says that, well, she has some of her grandmother's genes and maybe the dolphins trust her, whatever it is. She should take it as a compliment. And I really, this is something that I've always done. Like if an animal likes me, I'm like, oh my God, I am special. <laughs> an animal likes me because they can sense if you're a good person or not. Like I always very much took that old adage to heart. So yeah, if a dolphin was talking to me, I would be like, I am the most special person in the entire world. <laughs> so Vicky then asks, like kind of switches the subject as they get up from this bench and asks why everyone keeps asking about how he's feeling. And he's like, oh, when you're 81, people are amazed you're walking, talking, and taking nourishment. So Vicky and Zach go out for lunch, and he says that every time he gets kicked out of a school, his dad is so furious, he doesn't speak to him for a week, and then he'll buy him like a car or a boat and Vicky asks him if he ever talks about his mom. But Zachary is like, no, he is more messed up than I am. They like hold hands at this restaurant and he says he forgot how good she is for him and how much he likes being with her. And then Adam like comes up to the table to say hi to Vicky. I don't really know. Like there's no reason that he comes up. No, he's just there right? and he's like, hey, Vicky. Yeah. Good to see you. He's like, you're not on a date or anything. What's up, girl? Yeah. <laughs> so then she introduces Adam to Zachary, and Adam recognizes immediately that Zachary Gray is Mr. Gray's son. And he's like, did you know your dad's company is using drift nets on the Marie Rose? <laughs> Zachary's like, uh, what's up? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Zachary's like, Bro, I don't even know what drift nets are. <laughs> yeah, so Adam actually sits down with them on their date. He's so annoying. <laughs> he is so annoying, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but I love him. I love him, but I'm like... I want to strangle him, but I'm like, <laughs> let's go. Let's go on an adventure. <laughs> what is it that you would Phil say? Like, love of my life and my worst enemy or something? Yeah. <laughs> You're my best friend and my arch nemesis. Yes, there we go. (laughs) So yeah, Adam crashes the state, pulls out a piece of paper and a little Sharpie and draws up a diagram of a drift net, which just looks like a net. Like it's not helpful at all. You could explain this with words. (laughs) But net. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) it's a it's a net. And they're also called walls of death because they stretch for miles underwater and they catch everything that comes by, even the things they don't want to catch, like dolphins. Mm -hmm. And Zachary's like, okay, but like the fishermen can just, you know, throw them back. It doesn't matter. And he's like, no, the thing is, is by the time the fishermen like get there to free them or by the time they pull in the net, the dolphins are already dead because – Dolphins are mammals. They can't breathe underwater. They have to go to the yeah. surface every once in a while to breathe through their blowholes. So that's why drift nets are illegal. And Zachary's like, okay, well, we should go to the cops then. And I'm like, he's with it. He's like, I do care. 
let's do and something he's like, about I it. hate my daddy. Yeah. Let's, you know, fuck him up. He's like, we should go to the cops. And Vicky's like, did your dad really use these nets? But then Zachary says this line, which feels very out of pocket. He's like, oh, since when did you become a dolphin hugger? And I'm like, everyone loves dolphins, Zachary. <laughs> Nobody hates dolphins. Like, they're universally loved. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, maybe I am. So he's like, okay, anything for a lady. Let's check it out tonight. Uh <laughs> the way if like a man said anything for a lady to me I'd be like <laughs> yeah so that night the three of them sneak into the private marina and Zachary is like Vicky keep a lookout me and Adam are gonna search the boat and Zachary tries to get info from Adam about how long he's known Vicky mm. and as they're searching the captain is in the boat. Like, he's like, yeah. I live here. I'm here. <laughs> and he goes up to the deck. He's like, who's there? And Zachary's like, oh, hey, captain. You know, it's just me just showing some friends around. And then calls out for Adam. And he's like, ready to go? So they say goodnight to the captain, go back to the dock. And Adam is like, I saw a float under the tarp. It's a drift net for sure. Wowie. Yeah. So Zachary then drives Vicky home and says that this isn't how he planned on ending the evening. And she's like, oh, really? What did you have planned? And he leans in to kiss her. I was like, oh, my God, so smooth. Mm. So after this, it's a short kiss. It's like just a peck, really. He's like, oh, come on. Did you at least miss me a little bit? And she's like, yeah, a little. And they kiss again. And she says goodnight. And before she closes the door, he's like, goodnight. Dream about me. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. Dream about he's me. Like, Jesus. Dream about me a little. And I'm like, so smooth. Ah! So what does Vicky dream about that night? Mm. It's another mermaid dream. She's swimming with the dolphins. And she gives the dolphin a kiss. But, <gasps> oh, my God. The dolphin turns into Adam. And they kiss underwater, and I'm like, unreal. It's just spicy, you guys. There's, we've it's seen pretty salacious. We've seen three kisses so far, and we're not, we're like halfway through the movie, yeah. not even. If you count the dolphin kisses, even mm -hmm. more. Yeah. And Vicky just like wakes up, like shoots straight up like an arrow, and she's like, <gasps> oh my God. He's a cutie. He's just so dry with his data and like, <laughs> His drift net agenda, and he's just like, Hey, how are you guys doing? Did you know your dad uses drift nets on the Marie Rose? Did you know that? Oh, hey, what are you doing here? Where's your sister? Oh, oh, should I leave? No, I need help. You can help me. The thing is, though, because Ryan Merriman is so charming, like, he doesn't come off as, like, a dick or cold. He's just kind yeah. of, like, a little unaware, but very passionate. He's very passionate. Mm -hmm. They're really capitalizing on his passion. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that also comes through in, like, Luck of the Irish when he's the big, big man on campus, basketball yeah. star, but he doesn't come off as a jerk. It's more just, like... 
he's everyone's friend and mm-hmm. everyone is like, oh, big game tonight? Yeah. You know? Very Zac Efron. Ask <laughs> mm. Actually, totally different, but like the charm. Yes. The charm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So that day, Adam goes to the harbor master to tell him about the drift nets. Again, very passionate in his delivery. Harbor master Dan is like, okay, listen, when the Marie Rose gets back to port, I'll go take a look. Adam is like not fully satisfied with this answer, but there's nothing more that they can do until then. So just kind of got to wait it out. Mm-hmm. Back at the house, Rob is chasing Susie around with a stick bug when Grandpa calls them in for dinner. He actually tells Vicky that she has a present waiting for her. Oh my God. It is a dozen red roses from Zachary. Oh my God. You can't say he's not trying. You really can't. Yeah. When is the first time like a man got you flowers? A man has never gotten me flowers. That's <laughs> Matthew. Well, when I Come was on. when I was in New York, we were um we were in CVS and they had all like the Valentine's Day stuff out. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, are you gonna get me something for Valentine's Day? Like being annoying because like I don't really care about Valentine's Day. Are you gonna Day? get me something for Valentine's <laughs> Day? <laughs> And he was like, no, like, I'm really not into Valentine's Day. I was like, you wouldn't even send me flowers? And he's like, I don't know, like, if you wanted. And I was like, well, I'm not going to ask now. So Matt, get <laughs> get your romantic up right now. Just send me, you know, some, send me some tulips. I don't even want roses. Send me, like, some tulips. That's all I ask. But I will not be getting flowers, I don't think, for Valentine's Day. I'm shaking my fist at Matthew right now. Mm. Valentine's Day is like a, a funny one. Even when you're in a relationship, I feel like yeah. there's always times where maybe like one person really wants something special and the other person's like, oh, just a card. Like, yeah, who cares? And yeah, it's one of those like it feels like a holiday meant to pit each other against each other. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. It's a competitive holiday. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was just going to say, like, the first time I got, like, a bouquet of red roses was mm-hmm. literally when Phil and I were dating. He sent me uh, flowers to our Brooklyn apartment. Mm. So, like, I was in my 20s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly no teen was buying me flowers. Yeah. I think maybe the first time that I got flowers... It was definitely from, like, a girl in college. It was either beep this out Mm. or beep this out. Uh, TBT. Yeah. (laughs) So crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's, like, a pretty nice thing to do. That's that's my point here. It's, like, thoughtful. Yeah. So then Susie's (laughs) like, oh, what did Adam send you? A bucket of fish? God. I feel like Susie like dishes it out, but like cannot take it. <laughs> her her del- I don't know if it's like her confidence or just like pure delusion, but I'm like if you're going to be that type of person, I guess you kind mm. of have to just have like a one-track mind and be right. like nothing matters. Yeah. I don't know if I said this. She's giving big um damn it, I forget this woman's name every time. Oh, big Elizabeth Holmes energy on that one. <laughs> Oh my god. Um what did Z- what did Adam get you a bucket of fish? <laughs> so she's just an itsy bitsy little girl boss in making. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And Susie's like, 
I just don't understand the whole dating thing. Going from one guy to the next till you find one you really like. <laughs> yeah, like, that's how it works, babes. <laughs> yep. And Vicky's like, I'm not dating Adam. And their grandfather's like, Susie, it's a part of the whole adventure of life. And Susie's like, dating is illogical. Dating is illogical. When <laughs> I grow up, does not compute. Yeah. <laughs> When I grow up, I'm just going to find the one guy I really like, and that'll be it. <laughs> ah! Oh, sweetheart. If only. If Babes. only. <laughs> it's the delusion for me. Oh, my gosh. And Rob is like, I'm never going to date girls. Ew, gross. And I'm like, love you, Rob. Enjoy yeah. your stick bug. I don't know. <laughs> and then Vicky's like, Susie, what would you do if the guy you picked doesn't like you back and she's like don't be ridiculous <laughs> which might be my favorite exchange in the whole movie yeah because it's just so fucking funny and she says it with such like vitriol and conviction where she's like don't be ridiculous like, yeah oh my god i love this girl the confidence so adam shows up to return some books and vicky like hides her flowers under mm, the table i wonder mm. why and grandfather's like, oh, would you like to join us for some dinner? And he's like, oh, yeah, this is like the only good meal I get. And I wonder if he's like here for the Marine Biology Center. Like he doesn't – I wonder if he has like an apartment or if he's like some housing associated with the center or something. Yeah, I guess because he, he then talks about in this scene how he's from like a landlocked state. Like he's not from here. Yeah, he's from St. Louis, Missouri, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's like moved here to do this marine biology thing, presumably right. for like, I don't know. I guess, well, how long has he been there? Because he's like good friends with grandfather. So he's definitely been there longer than just the summer. Mm. So. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if he like move there to like do his senior year there and like do his Maybe. research so he could get into Harvard or something like that. I don't know. It's a mystery. I would love to know more. Yeah. After Adam accepts this invitation, suddenly everyone is holding hands and they're saying grace. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I was just simply shocked. Oh, I was taking I was back. like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> and then we're like, oh, he's like a reverend. Yeah. We They talk about it later, how like the family all goes to church together and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it was like the religious overtones are present. Mm-hmm. So after dinner, you know, they're doing the washing up and Adam talks about how he grew up in uh, St. Louis. He never saw the ocean until he went to Florida when he was 10. Basically, like, that's where he saw his first dolphin, and he, I think, was in the water, and he saw their fins, so he thought they were sharks, and he started to panic, but he stayed still as they got closer and closer, and one leapt out of the water, and he realized they weren't sharks, they were dolphins, and the whole pod formed a ring around him, and, like, it was this beautiful moment, and then before he knew it, they were gone, and that's when he knew that he wanted to study them. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I would be like, I love you. Yeah, I would never get over it. If that happened to me, yeah. I would be like, again, I'm the most special person in the world. The dolphins picked me. Right, right. <laughs> oh, when I was a kid, um, um, you know. the dolphins picked me. <laughs> yeah, I do have a memory that's actually not dissimilar to that. It was when I was really, really young, and I don't remember it super clearly. Like, 
I remember it from my POV, but the way that my mom tells it is always very special to me. I think I was probably like four or five years old. Yeah. And we were in um, the Phi Islands, which is in Thailand. And there's this one beach that we went to where the water was like crystal clear, blue, beautiful. Oh my God. And I was swimming in the water and my mom tells the story of how she like looked over at me and there was just a ring of angelfish swimming around me. <gasps> Oh my god, that's so beautiful. Yeah. So Oh my god. Not to say that I'm special, but <laughs> the angelfish picked me. I'm looking up a picture of an angelfish really yeah. quick. Uh beautiful. Mm-hmm. Fish are so special. They are. And not just because they have an open aerobic system. They're also beautiful. Yeah. Um and that is actually what Vicky says. She's she hears this moment and she's like, wow, that's beautiful. And he's kind of like taken aback that this is her her response to it because again he's like a scientist he's looking at things from an analytical mm-hmm. perspective and she sees like the beauty in the world and like art so she's always going to approach things with this more like emotional eye I suppose yeah and he's just like oh yeah um, it's a pretty strange experience to base a life decision on and she's like why yeah. She, like, sees the beauty in this, and he's like, oh, this is one of my fucking secrets. Like, what a lame thing to do. Yeah. And we're like, this is, like, the most humanizing thing you've said this entire movie so far. I'm like, this is a very beautiful, like, moment. And the fact that you had this experience and then was like, I am going to, like, dedicate my life to studying these creatures and, like, working towards their preservation – is incredible. I'm like, you should own that. But he's like, oh, you know, I just, I don't like to believe in things I can't prove. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, you read philosophy books. No one can prove that either. And grandfather kind of tries to like step in and be like, hey, Vicky, like, stop. Um, <laughs> but she's like, you know, maybe the dolphins were trying to communicate with you. They were trying to touch you. And if a beautiful thing happens to you, then you shouldn't have to get a calculator out to figure it out. And he says, well, I'm a scientist, and that's what scientists do. Like, things are quite heated at this point. But Harbor Master Dan arrives with some news. Yes. He sits down for coffee with everyone and tells them that the captain let him take a look on the Marie Rose, and there are no drift nets aboard. And Adam is like, well, maybe they knew that we were onto them, so they hid them. And Rob is like, listen, even if I found them, like, I couldn't do anything because the law says you have to catch them using the net to prosecute. Adam becomes enraged and he's like, you're just going to sit by while the dolphins get slaughtered. And Adam runs out. Vicky tries to, like, follow him and stop him, but he is he's gone. Yeah. Again, very passionate, full of conviction. Yes. So later that night, Vicky is standing on her balcony when her grandfather comes up to her and says that Adam has probably never met anyone who challenges him like she does. And she's like, I just can't figure him out. Like, he knows so much, but he sees so little. And I was like, so astute, my God. Yeah. And she's like, she kind of jokes and is like, maybe if I was a dolphin, we'd get along just fine. Grandfather chuckles and... They look up at the sky and he talks about how beautiful the stars are tonight. She looks through the telescope and asks if, you know, he wants to look too. He says, no, 
I don't do that anymore. It just takes away from the beauty of it all. And he says that Susie probably knows all about that star in the sky. And that's great. It's her passion. But sometimes he wished that she would just sit back and enjoy the beauty of it. So then Granddad talks about how the star that she's looking at could have burned out years ago, but the light keeps coming. So what you see isn't the whole truth. And that applies to people, too. It's possible that Adam's real light hasn't reached Vicky yet, but that doesn't mean it's not there. So wise, so sage, grandfather. I love this conversation, and I love that he, like, Mm -hmm. doesn't look through the telescope. Mm -hmm. I don't need to, like... To see it, to believe it, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful as is. And I think that also plays into themes that we find out later on of, like, some things don't need explanation. I I mean, I guess that contributes to the bigger thing. Like, um, not everything is black and white. Not everything is scientific. Like, some things can be a mystery, and it's very peaceful to have that. I guess that's also where, like, the religious themes come in, too. Yeah. 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 That's what I was thinking. Because there is a lot of faith in religion, Mm -hmm. and there's – I mean, I don't think anyone knows what will happen after we die. Like the thought that it's like, oh, you know, X happens, but, you know, Y could never happen. It's like you don't know that. No one knows that. So Yeah. They go to Granddad's study, and he shows her a book by Henry Vaughn from the 17th century, and he reads her an excerpt from the poem The World. I saw eternity the other night like a great ring of pure and endless light all calm as it was bright, and round beneath it, time and hours, days, years, driven by the spheres, like a vast shadow moved, in which the world and all her train were hurled. Very beautiful, Mm -hmm. very much related to death, earth, to nature. The passage of time, and yeah. The way I wish that I could have had this like grandfather experience and just have like that adult figure that you're so in tuned with. I just feel yeah. like he's so sage and like, yeah, loved his character. Mm-hmm. And Vicky is like, it's so beautiful. It's so deep. And he tells her the 17th century was very deep and asks her to keep reading And Grandad goes to bed, but Vicky stays up, continuing to read the poem. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the next morning at the Gray residence, Zachary notices his dad shaking hands with the captain of the Marie Rose, basically Mm -hmm. being like, oh, thank you for letting me know. We'll talk later. So Zachary sits down for breakfast, and his dad confronts him about how he went on to the Marie Rose the other night. Yeah. And he very much levels with Zachary and is like, do you like our lifestyle? You know, the house, the cars, the various private schools that you keep getting kicked out of because in order to maintain it, we need to maintain our business. Mm -hmm. And then Zachary just asked him point blank, are you using drift nets? And Mr. Gray just goes, toughen up. I'm sick of watching you mope around like a four-year-old. And I'm like, dude. He's a child. He, first of all, he's a child. Second of all, his mother just passed away. And third of all, yeah. you are using drift nets, which are illegal. Yeah. The character of Mr. Gray is pretty interesting. Like, 
there's no way they could have fit it in, but I'm so curious about if they're able to reconcile. Yeah. If his dad is even more mad with him at the end of the movie. Like, I would love to just, like, know Mm -hmm. more. But we go to the Marine Biology Center. Enid is about to deliver, and Dr. Zand and another biologist are, like, in the water with her. If she delivers breach, she could die. And then Vicky arrives and just, like, runs out back. And Adam is like, Enid's having a really difficult delivery. And Adam tries to give Dr. Zand the epidermal. But Vicky, like, tells them to stop. She's like, no, no, she doesn't want it. She doesn't want to be sedated. She wants to be alert. And she wants Basil here. And then they see Basil, like, trying to swim toward them and then adam is like oh my god i forgot i forgot to call him and vicky's like it's okay just let him in yeah and vicky calms enid down adam lets in basil once they're reunited vicky is like okay everyone like back off she just wants basil to help her that's their way and enid begins to deliver the baby and she has a successful delivery we actually see the birth i was shocked of the calf yeah It's so crazy. Mm -hmm. It's so, like, big. It's just, like, how was that inside her? Like, it needed to, like, be birthed. And just, Um, like, it just slips out. There is blood, too. I was like, wow, I'm shocked that we were seeing this. There's, like, a little puff of blood. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. So Adam looks at Vicky suspiciously, and he's like, what just happened? And Dr. Zan stares at Vicky, too. Vicky runs away. She just takes off and Mm -hmm. Adam runs after her. And he's like, did you communicate with Enid? I knew there was something when you first met. And then Basil at the bay, like, this could prove that dolphins communicate telepathically. And she's like, I don't know what happened. I don't want to talk about it. He's like, there have been cases of children who can communicate with dolphins, but like, I've never given it much credence because they were children. And Vicky's like, is that what you think of me? That I'm a child? And I'm like, he might. Yeah. Based off of the previous exchanges, he might. Yeah. But she's like, it's not my case and rides away. Yeah. He was coming on a bit too strong, mm-hmm. scaring the hose. He's in his hose scaring phase. Also, you know, approaching it from a very scientific lens, not thinking about maybe some of the emotional implications to this girl who can communicate with dolphins that maybe she not she might not be jumping at the chance to be a test subject. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is (laughs) the fucking mentality of every like teen show or book where it's like, oh, I have a superpower, but you can't tell anyone because they're going to want to do studies on me Mm -hmm. and like tear apart my skin. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. They would do that. Absolutely. Meanwhile, while this dramatic moment is happening, another dramatic moment is happening because Zach is on his little speedboat taking photos of the Marie Rose. And it's basically like the Marie Rose is out in the middle of the ocean and another boat has pulled up and they are passing the drift nets onto the Marie Rose. So some time has passed. Don't really know how much. Maybe it's a day. Maybe it's the same day. I don't know. But Vicky is writing in the park when Adam goes up to her. He apologizes for making her feel like a freak and is like, you know, there's a lot of scientific data out there. And she cuts him off and she's like, is that all you ever talk about? Data? And she's like, 
I don't know why it happens. It's not like I hear specific words and I, I don't speak dolphin. It's just a feeling and it scares me. And again, she says she doesn't want to be studied and she doesn't want it explained. There are things that they're just not meant to understand. And he apologizes to her and says that he didn't mean to make her feel uncomfortable. He was just jealous. <gasps> he says that he has studied dolphins for years, but he would give anything to be able to hear them like she does. And she's like, oh, wow, so they can help you with your thesis. And he's like, yes, but beyond that, at the end of the summer, I really want to say goodbye to them and let them know how much I'm going to miss them. Aww. So no matter how hard he's fighting it, he does have this emotional side. He does appreciate the beauty of it. And she yeah. she kind of like laughs at this sentence a little bit. And he's like, what? And she's like, no, nothing. It's just you sounded kind of human for a second there and it threw me. Aww. And he's like, so are we friends again? And she's like, yeah, sure. Uh friends but she got a look in her eyes she doesn't want to be just yeah, friends. friends perfect fucking asshole it's crazy <laughs> to you because it's like they just had this big fight mm -hmm. and he's like friends again and she's like damn it she's like i want more mm -hmm. back at their grandfather's house later on vicky is writing when Susie comes in and she's like Hey, were you serious about just finding one guy and like that being it? And Susie asks if this is about Adam or Zachary. Basically, Vicky's like, Yeah, I just don't know like who I should choose or whatever. And Susie asks her who she likes being with more. And Vicky says that Adam is like confident. He's sure of what he's going to do with his life. And Zachary is like being out in a storm, exciting and frightening at the same time. Oh my and I'm like, god. Oh my god. Siri play That's the Way I Loved You by Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> Screaming and crying and kissing in the rain. rain 2 a.m. and I'm, I'm cursing, cursing your, your name. name. <laughs> so in love that I acted insane. And that's, that's the way I, I loved you. <laughs> Such a good song. Mm -hmm. Gonna have to listen to that album soon. Yeah. Susie says, going strictly physically. Yeah. Zachary takes the cake. And I'm like, okay, you know, glad you could measure the symmetry of his face and determine that. <laughs> and then she says, Adam is friendly and smart, but he smells like fish. <laughs> that can be that can be easily fixed, easily right. remedied. And Adam has a plan for his life. Zachary doesn't, but with that money, who needs one? And I'm like, Susie is yeah. really laying them out right now, yeah. like fully. And she tells Vicky to just make a pro-con list and tally it up. Sure. And I'm like, what? And she also says, like, assign different values also to, like, the different attributes and then add them up. Susie. Yeah. So I think Vicky's like, okay, like, thanks for the advice. So... That night, Zachary takes Vicky to a very nice dinner. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. Like, she's being wined and dined right now. <laughs> Seriously. He probably drove her there in his very nice car. Yeah. So he's like, oh, yeah, I heard that you and Adam sicked the cops on my dad. And Vicky's kind of nervous at first. And he's like, good for you. Like, I like it. I like it. So... She asks if he's still fighting with his dad, and he says, no, in order to fight, we would have to actually talk to each other. 
it's so sad. I really feel for Zachary. Such a rot home life he's got. Oh, yeah. And he, yeah, he then kind of goes into it a little bit more. He gets a little bit vulnerable with her and talks about how weird it was growing up because his parents didn't get a divorce like when they probably should have, mostly because mm-hmm. it would be inconvenient. But then when he met her parents last summer, they seemed like they actually love each other. And he was just really in awe of how the family is so close and they talk about everything and they go to church and say yeah. grace. And even though they like do all that, she's still so real. And he's like really – he's really bearing his soul to her right now. And I feel so yes. bad for poor Zachary because it's not going to go his way. But – He then says he also invited a surprise guest to join them, and Adam walks up. So Adam sits down at their table, and Zachary shows them the the surveillance photos that he took, showing how the Marie Rose gets the nets from another boat in the middle of the ocean so, like, they can't be caught. And Adam is like, like, Zachary, these photos are great, but this isn't enough. We need to actually catch them using the nets. He doesn't say the photos are great. He's just like, this is useless. Yeah, that was me giving him a little too much credit. Yeah. <laughs> but Zachary's like, okay, well, that can be arranged. We can get the photos of them using them. But then is like, you know, not tonight. We should go dancing. We can take my boat, go to the mainland, go to this club that's really great. And Vicky's like, okay, I'd love to. I just can't be back too late. And they invite Adam to come too, like on their date. Yeah, Vicky's like, Adam, are you coming? Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Poor Zachary's like, yeah, yeah Adam, I would love you there, Adam. You come in. <laughs> and uh, this made me like, because I love wounded birds, yeah. <laughs> which I totally got from the fucking um, White Lotus season mm-hmm, two. Mm-hmm. When, yeah. yeah. When he said that, I was like, oh, dear God. <laughs> um, but I love it that Adam is like, oh, like, no, no, like. I don't I, – I can't dance. And, and she's like, everyone dances, Adam. Like, come I'll on. I'll teach you. Yeah. I'll teach you. She wants him there so bad and he will so not take bad. the bait. He's like an embarrassed, shy man all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Where's that conviction of actually, Zach? Actually, Zach, those photos are shit. Where's that conviction? Yes. Let's bring that back. And Zach is just like, well, come on. Like, we can't be too late. And – they go. She even comes back at one point and like reaches her yeah. hand out for Adam. She's just so uh, embarrassed, <laughs> so shy all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they go. Adam stays. He's yeah. like, "You guys have fun." This is my favorite scene <laughs> in the movie. It was so good. So Vicky is writing before bed when she hears someone call out her name, Vicky. And she goes out onto the deck. It's Adam. (laughs) He is standing there and he's like, hey, um, is your offer to teach me how to dance still good? And holds up a CD player. (gasps) The the thing that really gets me (laughs) is when I picture – so what happened after that? Like they go off to the mainland. They go to the club. Adam got went home and he was like, fuck, like I should have gone. Like I I missed my shot. 
but I'm not going to miss it this time. And he's like, let me grab my fucking CD player. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to shoot my shot. I was like, my boy, he step it up. He wanted to see her. Like he want- if ladies, if he wanted to, he would. He would. He would grab that he CD would. player and he would show up. He would show up at your house and he'd be like, I just couldn't go to sleep without having a dance with you. Like, <laughs> so he drives them to the beach. As you mentioned, there is a bonfire. They have the CD player on and they're just like bobbing a little bit. <laughs> like Vicky is just trying to kind of teach him how to like bend his knees and move his mm. arms. And he's like, Suddenly, just the shyest little man, <laughs> just dancing, trying to get his like riz together, and <laughs> he's like, "You're writing all the time. Like your grandpa mentioned your poetry. What are you writing about?" And she's like, "I don't know stuff." <laughs> you know, just like whatever. Just like a thing or two about a thing or two. Tuck's hair behind ear, Debbie Ryan style. Oh my god. Then a slow song comes on. And oh my god. Vicky pulls in Adam and she's like, come on. Like he's like reluctant at first mm-hmm. and then she's like, come on. So they start slow dancing together and Vicky's like I was blushing so hard during this whole scene. I was like, my hands were over my mouth. I was like, (gasps) and um, Vicky is just like, so do you talk with my grandfather a lot? And he's like, yeah, before you guys got here, like mostly about the books that I borrow. And he tells her that he is a great guy and a pretty good cook too. And Vicky's like, oh, well, he had to learn how to cook when he was a missionary. And she tells Adam that he used to have, like, a huge church, and they used to broadcast his sermons on the radio and everything. And Adam is like, wow. And she's like, yeah, he traveled all over the world. And then he found this island. And Vicky lets go of Adam, and she's like, okay, it's your turn to lead. Adam is so nervous. He, like you know, takes her in his arms and they start dancing again. And he pulls her like even closer than they were before. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) And she tells him it's not so bad. And he agrees. And they look at each other in their eyes and he kisses her. They like, you know, come apart and they look at each other. And I can see this like brief moment on like Ryan Merriman's face where it's like, is she going to kiss me back? Like, is, is she not going to yeah. And then they go in for another kiss. <laughs> My jaw was dropped. And, like, there's – I don't know what the song is in the background, but it sounds kind of like it's a boys perfect. to men kind of, like, ballad situation. Literally. Yeah. I'm like, who got the copyright? Mm-hmm. And Vicky's like, well, I better get back. And they – Hold hands as they oh walk back. And Adam walks Vicky to her front door and tells her he really does need her help. And she agrees to help him, but she's like, you know, I don't know how effective I'll be. And Adam tells her goodnight and they kiss again. Oh my God. And Vicky walks inside and like leans against the door frame and pauses and she's just like, wow. 
Miss Victoria Austin is having quite the summer. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> I would have been freaking out. Oh, what'd you do last night, Vicky? Well, I went to a restaurant, plotted the demise of a <laughs> nasty fishing corporation, mm. and then went to the mainland, did a little dancing, did a little partying, went back home. I wrote my poetry, and then Adam stopped by, and we slow danced on the beach, and he yeah. kissed me. Oh, my I'm like, God. what I wouldn't fucking give. I had, like, a hard enough time getting one guy to like me as a teenager, let alone two. Jesus. Right. <laughs> But I love the scene with Adam and Vicky on the beach. Yeah. It just felt like so genuine. Kudos to the actors because oh, totally. I'm like, were you guys dating? Like they look so in touch. Just like Ryan Merriman on the beach. Suddenly he goes from, so what scientific data did you use to make those calculations to like? Like, tell me about your poetry. Like, I want to hear more. I was like, oh my I God. I heard you read poetry. <laughs> I love what your are you writing about? <laughs> yeah, he's a great cook. <laughs> we watched him transform into a man before our very eyes. It was wild. Yeah, but yeah, no, the the scene is great. I was, I was really, I think the whole time I was watching this movie, I was really putting myself in the shoes of like young Christina and how I would would have seen this movie if I'd watched it back Sam. in the day. So I was like freaking out and like blushing and swooning over the scene because if i saw that as a kid i would be like this is the most romantic thing i've ever seen in my entire life for sure i mean now as an adult i'm like yeah too jaded yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it it is a really beautiful scene Mm -hmm. and not just because it's so like it there's an intimacy that isn't sexualized like it's very realistic yeah and like honest of just like finding out that you like someone who likes you back like Mm. the way that they fall into this relationship with each other is Mm -hmm. so natural and they really just come to know each other and really respect each other's perspectives Mm -hmm. and yeah I just think it's like the sweetest just one of the sweetest teenage relationships I've ever seen definitely yeah and they're so complimentary too like yeah with the whole science thing and the art thing, but they they really can appreciate both of them. So I really liked it. Guys, this movie is great. I don't know what's wrong with people who hated this movie. Yeah, I love this movie. So the next day, we are at the Marine Center. Vicky has gone to help. They open the gate and they free all of the, the wild dolphins, actually. Yeah. So they then end up getting into the sea and... Adam tells Vicky to try and call the dolphins. She asks what happens if they don't come. And Adam's like, well, if they don't come, they don't come. But, you know, you just try. So she closes her eyes. She thinks. She, like, calls out to the dolphins. And while they wait, she asks Adam why he thinks that the dolphins return to the sea. And he's like, I don't know, but the crazy thing is, is that when you look at their flippers, they're really claws. Like, wow, it basically looks like they have fingers underneath their skin. And maybe when they had to return to the sea, they had to give up their hands. And she's like, oh, wow, like with no hands, there'd be no writing, no music and no art. And she asks if he thinks that they chose to give up their hands, that there was something so worth it in the water that they were willing to give up their hands. He's like, I don't, I don't know, maybe. 
So then the dolphins come swimming towards them. They're super surprised it actually worked, and Adam gets Vicky to communicate with them. So she does, and the dolphins swim away a little bit, and they do a flip just like she told them to. Incredible. So she she does it again. Adam's like, oh, my God, do it again, do it again. And she's like, no, he's bored of that. He wants you to play with him. So then, like, Basil and Enid, they swim up. The two of them get to, like, ride on the dolphin fins. And it's, like, a really – it's a really beautiful moment. It's great. So after they play for a bit, Adam tells Vicky to ask them why they return to the sea. And Vicky is hesitant at first, but she does ask. And she closes her eyes. And then suddenly she starts sinking underwater. Dropping like a rock. Yeah. The dolphins are like swimming around her. Adam is like calling out to her, but she just keeps sinking. She sees like this light. She has these visions. And then suddenly she like jumps out of the water and screams. Yeah. So the next thing we see there on shore, Adam is like, what happened? And she's like, I don't know. Like I asked the dolphins why they returned to the water, but but I couldn't understand it. It was like light and stars swirling around each other. And Vicky tells Adam that the dolphins are just totally, completely connected to each other. Their thoughts are totally open to each other. There are no secrets. Then Adam asks, isn't that scary? And she says at first, but you can be totally yourself. There's no hiding. And says that that's why it was worth it for them to return to the water. And Adam just like whispers, no secrets. So after this, you know, very transformative moment for the both of them, Vicky rides her bike back to her house where Zachary is waiting for her in his car. And he's like, come on, Vic, it's time to go catch the bad guys. So Vicky and Zach go to the marina and... He's like, so we're going to get in my boat. We're going to hang back, though. And once they start using the net, we'll get close, zoom in, and catch them on video. Vicky's like, oh, what about Adam? And he's like, okay, like I invited him to dinner last night, but I don't want him around all the time, every time we're hanging out. She asked why he invited him to dinner last night then. And he's like, oh, you know, to give him the evidence. But also, I was curious about uh, the competition. Because obviously he knows that there's something going on with Vicky and Adam too. And Vicky's like, why does everything have to be a competition with guys? I'm sorry. I'm going to be honest. I just got distracted by finding out how smart dolphins were. But we're back. (laughs) We're back. And we're on the ocean. Zach talks about how serious Adam is. He's like, oh, it's like hanging out with an old man. And Vicky asks why he's obsessing over Adam. And Zach, like, calls Adam doll. And now Vicky's upset. She's like, Adam isn't doll. And that is a that is a trigger s- sentence for what's about to happen. Yeah. So Zach is like, oh, well, have you ever played chicken, Vicky? And, like, revs up the boat right to another boat. Like, they're head to head like the Mm -hmm. other boats like hey stop like it's much bigger they can't really turn on a dime and zach just goes straight for them and i was like oh my god like he's gonna die like this is like yeah you know gonna be some tragedy Mm -hmm. and 
he just keeps revving the bow and Vicky's like, stop, like we're going to crash. Like, don't do that. And the last second Zach turns and like, you know, avoids the boat and Vicky's like, bring me back right now. Yeah. They get back to the marina and Vicky just immediately starts walking away, but Zach follows her. She's obviously very upset because this was like a near death experience that he just put her in uh, that she did not want to be in. And she's like, listen, Zachary, I'm sorry you lost your mother and that you're having problems with your father, but you need to stop doing stuff like this, like being so reckless. Mm -hmm. He at first kind of is trying to play it off, but he does end up apologizing and is like, I don't know, I guess I was just showing off or something. Like, I really like you, Vicky. And she's like, well, maybe you need to start trying to like yourself instead. And we we talked about this briefly in the beginning, how in the book there's a suicide attempt. And I was reading the Wikipedia page. So if you don't want spoilers, skip ahead a little bit. But basically what happens in the book is I think like right before the events of the book, Zachary actually attempts to commit suicide. Yeah. While one of the commanders in town is trying to like save him from this attempt, the commander ends up having a heart attack and dying. So then Zachary blames himself for like this other man's death. And also Mm -hmm. on top of that, his mother has also passed away. And I do feel like they do make allusions to that in a more subtle way, like with this moment where he's playing chicken with the boat, like that's him not having value for his own life and being reckless. And also it made me think about how he's like taking flying lessons, which is also something that's like potentially reckless and very dangerous. Like he's definitely seeking these thrills, not for the sake of thrills, but because of what he's going through and clearly doesn't, Mm -hmm. isn't like valuing his, his life highly right now. Yeah, and I did think this was a good parallel because they obviously aren't going to include a suicide Mm -hmm. in the Disney Channel original movie. Yeah, But I did think this like moment where he puts them in danger and you're like, are they about to crash Mm -hmm. was a really good like kind of different way to – to like touch on that, yeah. Yeah. And I think v- Vicky even says once she gets to the pier, like, what, are you trying to kill yourself or something? Like, she does say that. I was yeah. like – Yeah, she does. Well, I was also shocked to hear that line in a decom mm-hmm. as well. And I like how they frame it as not him being like, oh, my God, you're you're just, like, putting me in danger. Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. It's really framed as, like, you need to work on yourself. Like, you can't keep doing stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So that night, Vicky hears a bang from downstairs and she runs down to her grandfather's room and sees he fell out of bed. And she like goes in to help him, of course. And he's like, Kara, Kara. And Vicky's like, no, granddad, it's me, Vicky. But he's like, oh, I I woke up and Kara, you weren't there. And he says as he tried to get his medicine, he fell. And Vicky tells him again, it's Vicky. I'm not grandma, like grandma's gone. Then he finally starts to kind of come to and he tells her that he misses Kara so much. And Vicky suggests that they call a doctor and her grandfather says, no, I just need my medicine. It's on the floor. So she picks up the bottle and sees it says like take as needed. Yeah, it's like a painkiller. And he asks her for a glass of water and she goes into the kitchen to get it for him. We see like, thunder outside there's a storm beginning so as they look out on the storm 
he's like, oh, you know, I love, I love this. I love watching a storm grow nearer. That's one of the wonderful things about living here. You get to watch so many things evolve. And she's like, grandfather, like, is your health all right? And he says, it's superb for 81. Mm. And she kind of starts to cry and is like, that's not an answer. And he does actually reveal that he has leukemia. Oh. So Vicky is very shocked by this news and asks if her parents know. And he says, no, I was going to tell them when they got here. I wasn't going to burden you with it either, but you insisted. And Vicky really breaks down. She starts sobbing and says, like, I can't lose you. Nothing can happen to you. You're the only person who understands me. And he gets teary-eyed too. And he says that she'll find someone else many, many more through her poetry. Yeah. So he asks her to follow him and read him something and says that death is as natural as the storm outside and he trusts God. And he basically asks her to read this poem that she wrote that has brought him comfort lately. And I did write it down. Let me see. Okay. The poem is as follows. The universe is part of this one cry in this strange land where we are all born to die. Each tree and leaf and star show how the universe is part of this one cry, that every life is noted and cherished and nothing loved is ever lost or perished. Pretty deep poem Mm -hmm. for a teenager. Yeah. She definitely is like having a very – not having it. She's she's quite an existential person and seems to have this really deep yeah. understanding for the world around her beyond just the surface. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no wonder her grandfather is so in awe of her poetry because she does have this really deep understanding of the world and of emotions. Yeah. So after she reads this poem, they both cry and they hug. And it's really it's really special to see their bond too and like Absolutely. Oh my gosh, it's heartbreaking. The line that she says when um she finds out he's like dying and she says nothing can happen to you. You're the only person who understands me. It was like heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we cut to the next day and we see a drift net getting lowered into the ocean and Enid, Basil, her new calf, they all like are swimming in the area and they like start to swim up to them. Meanwhile, on the beach, Adam tells Vicky that he tried to write her a poem last night. Oh my God. I know. He's thoughtful. He's thoughtful. Mm -hmm. But he ended up tossing it because it sounded like a research paper. Then Vicky hears the dolphins in her mind and she rushes to the water and Enid is caught in the net. Oh, no. And Adam is like, we have to tell Harbor Master, but like they can't really explain how they know. So Vicky is like, I know someone else with a bow and decides to call Zachary. Yeah. So they meet up with Zachary at uh, the marina where he is supposed to be like hanging out with his dad and his business friends on their yacht. Mm-hmm. Basically, Basil swims up. Basil's going to lead them to where they need to go. They start heading towards the boat, and then Zachary's dad calls him back to the yacht. But Zachary is like, no, I have something actually important to do. So they get in Zachary's boat, and they follow Basil to the net, and they can see that the Marie Rose is about a mile away. But, like, 
the time it's a, or they're on a time crunch, right? They're not going to mm-hmm. quite get there fast enough. So Vicky is like, we need to call the harbor master now. So she grabs the phone instead to call home because she knows that there is only one person that Dan will listen to. Right. And that's grandfather. Meanwhile, on the Marie Rose, they've started to reel the net in. So they really only have a few minutes before Enid is toast. Mm -hmm. So they finally make it to Enid, who is – she's at least floating, so she can still breathe, but she is trapped. So Vicky jumps into the water to save her. Meanwhile, Grandfather meets up with Dan, tells him what's going on. Dan does spring into action, and Grandfather asks to ride with him. So back in the ocean, Vicky is unable to get Enid out of the net. So Adam actually grabs a pair of like bolt cutters or pliers or whatever, and he jumps in the water to cut her loose. And that's when the captain notices Zachary's boat, but... One of the crew members is like, okay, do you want me to stop reeling in the net? And he's like, no, keep it coming in. So the net keeps moving. And Adam does finally manage to cut Enid free. But then the net continues to move. And we see Adam getting dragged underwater because his foot is caught in the net. And I was like, Adam can't die. Like, are they going to fucking reel in the net and drag in a dead child? That would be incredible crazy crazy what i had kind of hypothesized because we've been going in the direction of like okay it's going to be adam and vicky like that's clearly the more invested relationship what i thought Mm. might happen is that they would get out there and zachary would be the one to jump in to save enid and that he would be the one to die oh and kind of like die a hero wow that's kind of what i expected dark too that's not what happens though yeah I, I don't think we ever see um, Zach in the water in the entire movie. Oh, well, he's in he's on the jet ski. Yeah. We see that. But that's but probably Adam, a stunt double. swimming for some reason. Yeah. Can Jared Padalecki swim? I don't know. So Vicky gets back into the boat so they can, like, get to him. And Adam just continues to struggle with the net underwater. But he starts running out of air and he actually drops the cutters. He's like on the verge of unconsciousness, if not already unconscious. Mm -hmm. And then the dolphins swim up to him and they communicate with him. And he sees the ring of light, a mermaid, and then Vicky who swims up to untangle him and they're able to get to the Mm -hmm. surface. So nobody's nobody dies. Everybody makes it. Nobody dies. But also I did think it was interesting I was also wondering at one point if it was going to be a thing where like, so they got the dolphins out, but then Adam is stuck and then the dolphins come back and they sacrifice their lives mm, to save for him. Adam. Yeah. yeah. But luckily they all make it. Mm-hmm. And then Dan and grandfather finally managed to get out to the Marie Rose while they are using the drift nets and they approach the boat. And I think granddad is like, hey, captain, you're busted. I think it might be Zachary that says that, actually. Yeah, okay. But granddad <laughs> is having a great time. Yeah, he is happy He's to be like, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's really interesting to see, too. Like, it definitely feels like he's like, man, I've always wanted to, mm. like, be on the boat yeah. and, like, go. And I don't know. It's kind of like this joyful moment for yeah, him. Yeah, definitely. So – 
they get back to the pier and Zachary is kind of just like docking the boat, tying up all the ropes and stuff. And Vicky sits with Adam and he's kind of just like lost in thought. And she's like, the dolphins, they spoke to you, didn't they? Mm. And he's like, yeah, just for a second. They told me to hold on that I have more to do. Oh. And then Vicky holds his hand. And our poor boy Zachary sees them holding hands, and it is so sad. I feel so, so bad sad. for him. Ugh. But he never says anything. No, and that's the that's the last time we see him too. He's just like, oh, it's not me, and he respectfully walks away. Yeah, back to Stars Hollow. Yeah, then he goes back to Stars Hollow and meets a girl named Rory Gilmore. <sighs> Back at the house, Granddad and Vicky arrive, and Susie and Rob like run up to them. They're like, "What happened? What happened?" And Granddad is like, "Oh, Vicky, we'll let you know, but I need to go take a nap." So he walks inside, but we can see he's like staggering. Oh God, he just doesn't look like in the best health. So that night, while Vicky is finishing up her writing, and she goes downstairs to check on her grandfather, see if he wants some tea, and he's not doing well like he is really struggling to even breathe yeah so she tries to go call an ambulance but he stops her and says no vicky it's my time devastating she immediately blames herself and is like you shouldn't have been out there today this is all my fault and he stops her and says that today was one of the greatest days ever and he needs to tell her something so she sits at his bedside and he tells her that she has a light, a wonderful gift, and she has a special voice, and she should never hide it because the world needs all the beauty that it can get. Mm -hmm. He makes her promise to share her voice with everyone, and she does promise. He tells her never to be afraid to share the very special person that she is. And then he passes away. Yeah. Again, I was sh I was shocked that we actually see it happen. Like it's a close up on his face too, mm -hmm. and Vicky stays with him and cries, and then the camera pans up to the sky, and we see the two stars shining. And I assume that it's supposed to mean like, oh, he is now like reunited with his wife. Oh, that's beautiful. Amongst the stars, that was my interpretation of it at least. But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I just think it's such a beautiful way to come to that conclusion of death. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's very hard and heartbreaking, but the way that he wants to have a genuine moment mm -hmm. with his granddaughter, he doesn't want her last memories marred by him like getting dragged off to the hospital mm -hmm. in some ambulance and like waking up Susie and Rob and just having like this traumatic yeah. moment. Um, he wants to really share this last moment with his granddaughter and let her know how much he loves her and how special she is. And yeah, it's just unbelievably precious moment. Mm -hmm. Like you'll never forget that moment oh, in your yeah. life, even though it's sad and devastating in a way. It's also like a testament to what an amazing, incredible person he was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he clearly has, has come to like find a lot of peace before his death like he seems to have really accepted Absolutely. it and it's just like you know i've lived an amazing life i have an incredible family i've done so many things that i'm proud of and when it's my time it's my time mm -hmm. um and 81 is not a short amount of time too that's 
it's a long life. Yeah. And it actually it did remind me of my grandfather who passed away a couple of years ago. And for the last couple of years of his life, he had a lot of issues with like sleep apnea. And mm-hmm. he had a machine, but he didn't want to use it because he was just like, if I go, I go. Like I am in my 90s. I've lived a life. Yeah. Going in my sleep seems really peaceful. So I think that's like a common conclusion that a lot of people do come to mm. by that point where it's just like, yeah, I feel I feel ready. Wow. So the next morning, it's it's pretty quiet in the house. We see Rob swinging um, on the porch swing. Vicky walks downstairs to see Susie looking out the window. I think she turns around to look at Vicky and she's just like all tears. So Vicky then walks over to her grandfather's desk and finds that it is the collection of poems by Victoria Austin, volume two. And it's empty for her to fill up, which is, again, just another really beautiful parting gift from the man that's always supported her her poetry and her writing. Mm-hmm. So Harbormaster Dan comes over and says that the fairy just pulled in, so their parents would be here any minute. And that's when Vicky goes to sit outside with Rob. She sits down and Rob asks her if there could be a planet where nobody had any eyes. And Vicky says, sure. And he's like, you know, would they be able to get along without their eyes? And Vicky says, yeah, I think that they would compensate with like touch and smell and their other senses. And Rob says that they still wouldn't be able to see though. But maybe when those people die, they get sent to a planet where people have eyes. So maybe when they die, they'll get something new too. But since nobody knows what it is, they couldn't explain it. It's just like how the people from the planet with no eyes don't know what seeing is. Just an incredibly profound conversation Mm -hmm. to have. The thought that after you pass on, there's something so different and new and not bad that occurs. But like, we don't even know for in this analogy, seeing like, if you've never had that sense, you would never know how to even recognize it. Yeah, totally. And I I was surprised by this conversation because again, it is kind of touching on reincarnation, which is not really a thing in Christianity. And the focus is more on like heaven. So Mm -hmm. I was taken aback, but I really, I liked this moment. I thought that it was an interesting insight into how a child might process a loss like this. Definitely. And also just, I think a lot of this movie, um, the way they approach religion, it's not exclusively like a westernized version of religion. Mm -hmm. There is a lot that's being taken like, you know, reincarnation Mm -hmm. and a lot of nature aspects. I just thought it was like really beautiful their approach and didn't feel I don't know it just felt genuine like I wonder if these thoughts are based on the book Mm. or if the writers kind of like instilled some of their own beliefs or I'm really curious it was it was interesting because it didn't feel tonally like other you know more Christian films that we've seen at the time like when I think about raise Mm -hmm. your voice right which had a lot of oh my gosh religious overtones um, the way that it's approached here just feels very different. Yeah. 
I can't quite put my finger on it, but yeah, it was just very, it was a lot more different than I thought it was going to be when they first introduced like the, the religion element. Definitely. And then finally their parents get there and Rob and Susie go up to hug them and their parents are like, Vicky, come here. And they all embrace. So the whole family goes to the pier to leave. They're about to get on the ferry. And that is when Adam shows up with Vicky's poetry book and thanks her for letting him read them. And he tells her that they're great. She thanks him and is like, you might be a little biased. He's like, maybe, but I do really think that they are great. And she tells him that she's decided she's actually going to submit them to the Lit magazine at school. And he's like, oh, the old, your old school or the new school? And she says that she talked to her mom and she's not going to the new school. It's just not where she belongs. Mm-hmm. So Vicky looks at her family who are, you know, getting on the ferry and says that she has to go. He tells her that she's going to be a great artist and she tells him that he's going to be a great scientist. And Adam says that her grandfather always said that art and science were one. She then kisses him on the cheek and as she gets on the ferry, he calls out, all right. And she says, good, so will I. And I thought this was also a really beautiful kind of conclusion to their relationship. We're not kind of going yeah. under any illusions of like, and now they'll be together forever. It's like they shared this special summer. They'll keep in touch. Who knows? But we're not forcing this like, and now you're my boyfriend kind of thing. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe, you know, he'll go to Harvard and she'll go to Harvard or another school in that area. Is her – because they – they might actually both be in Boston because there's a mention earlier in the movie that her grandfather had this church in Boston. Oh, fuck. I totally forgot about that. And he's going, Harvard's well, in Cambridge. I mean, so they might be in the same spot. Her sister also talks about MIT. Yeah, yeah. Massachusetts. And Massachusetts is a small state, so. Yeah. Uh, who I knows? want them to end up together. Yeah. So much. But – it's a movie. Vicky gets on the ferry and her whole family actually waves to Adam as the ferry departs from the dock. And on the ferry, Vicky hears the poem her granddad read for her. And she looks at the dolphins. And I wasn't sure if this was kind of like her remembering the poem or the dolphins telling her the poem like her granddad was a dolphin. It, yeah, it's interesting because the the voiceover, it's this very like loud, booming voice that almost sounds like it's supposed to be like the voice of God. Mm. And this is where like we kind of tie together the whole kind of allegory of like golfin, dolphins, Jesus, dolphins are God. So I think that's kind of what they're trying to to play at is maybe maybe dolphins are a vessel for God. I don't know, but just because of the vocal quality of this voiceover, I was like... It doesn't feel like a voiceover. It feels like something is being implied. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we hear, I saw eternity the other night, like a great ring of pure and endless light, all calm as it was bright and round beneath it, time and hours, days, years, driven by the spheres, 
like a vast shadow moved in which the world and all her train were hurled. Wow. We end the movie. My goodness. I'm really glad that we kind of randomly picked this movie because I don't know if I ever would have so seen randomly. it. Because I had never even so heard randomly. of it. <laughs> when I tell you, we just went through a list of Disney Channel original movies from like in chronological order, I yeah, think. And yeah. you were just like, oh, I have. I haven't seen it. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And then we saw Misha Barton and Ryan Merriman on the cover. <laughs> yes. Incredible. <laughs> and I was super skeptic because I was like, if I haven't heard of it, like, yeah. You know, no, no one's talking about it. I don't. I've never seen like a TikTok Nothing. or anything. And we follow pop culture um, accounts and yeah. stuff. So, but it was just such a touching film. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful. I really liked it. I would definitely show this movie to my kid. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, yeah, I just thought it was beautiful. Yeah, and I do think you really like when watching this movie. I, I think that one should really approach it with a more like watching it as your younger self. Cause like if you're, if you're going to this with your more jaded sensibility of now, like I don't know if you'll necessarily enjoy it so much, but I found really quickly that I was really imagining myself watching this as a kid. And I know I would have loved it so much and not that I didn't love it now. I still really did, but yeah, I could really feel like, Oh, if I watch this as a kid, I would never stop talking about it. Like I would have been obsessed. And Oh Yeah. It does have a lot of these like really mature themes that we don't get to see as much in DCOMs. Mm-hmm. Like obviously there's a lot of depth in some other movies, but this handles a lot of dark stuff. And I think in a pretty delicate way that they don't go too heavy with it, but they don't try and minimize the gravity of what they're talking about either. And the kind of interplay between religion and science in this movie is very interesting to watch, especially as an adult especially because they talk a lot about evolution in a movie yeah. that is you know more religious. So I thought that was really interesting. I really enjoyed the performances like genuinely Misha Barton was really good. I thought she was so grounded and totally a really great um character for us to latch on to and kind of watch this journey. And Ryan Merriman and Jared Padalecki did really great too. Like I was thoroughly impressed. Oh, yeah. I think that this would have been – it just wouldn't have been as poignant if there were – if it were a weaker ensemble mm-hmm. because the conversation, even at the end with the her kid brother mm-hmm. talking about reincarnation or what happens after you die and this potential thing that you feel or that you get, like another sense that Mm-hmm. no one knows about or can even describe because it doesn't exist on our yeah. conscious plane. So, I mean, I definitely echo your sentiment. I also just think it's such a coming-of-age film, mm-hmm. but I don't think that they dumb down anything. It doesn't feel condescending like yeah. a lot of other movies feel now. Or, and this is something I hate on – um a lot of kids' movies that come out now where it's like everything is exaggerated, everything is over the top, mm-hmm. bright colors and being like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. how could she? Like, it's just too much. But yeah. this movie has such a subtle, grounded quality to it. It feels like we're going to granddad's for the summer. Mm-hmm. Like, I 
could totally put myself in her shoes, even though this would never happen to me. But it feels like that kind of like girl next door quality where mm-hmm. she could be your best friend. Yeah, it is more – it's more relatable and it's also more attainable than something where it's like I'm a secret pop star or whatever. You know, it's just a very oh, yeah. different tone. And I feel like if it – say if this movie was adapted by – another studio that isn't Disney where they have a little bit more leeway to go a little darker. Mm -hmm. You really wouldn't have to change like that much. You would just add some of the heavier scenes, I guess, in the book to it. But, you know, I think that they did the best that they could given the source material. And from what I understand, the whole storyline of like the drift nets and everything is not in the book. Um, I think that was more of a supplemental thing, but in the book, she does have this like telepathic community, like ability to, to talk to dolphins and stuff. Yeah. So I am kind of curious to read the book now just to see. I am curious to the read the themes. book too. Yeah. Cause I know that the book is a lot about like life and death and growing up. So I'm curious to see kind of the stance that the book takes, if it's similar to the movie or what exactly is up. So if you've read the book, like, please let us know what you think. Yeah, please do. I'm just going to read like the quick blurb about the book. Yes. And the book tells of teenager Vicki Austin and her struggle to understand life and significance in the universe as she deals with her dying grandfather. Meanwhile, at the same time, finding true romantic love. And the title originates from a phrase in the 17th century Welsh poet Henry Vaughan's poem, The World, which is read in the movie. But I think that the overall theme where it's like understanding life, significance in the universe. Mm-hmm. I feel like that very clearly comes through. Definitely. And you do get this like real sense of the vastness of the universe and how small we as humans are and how mm-hmm. young our species is compared to something like dolphins, which has been around like for so long, have evolved so much. And there's also like a lot of comparison with stars and stuff, which have long outlasted humanity so i think that's really interesting as well yeah on that note should we give her a rating that's what i was about to say oh my gosh i don't know if i'm just like hopped up on just talking about it i want to give it a 10 oh my gosh i wasn't planning on giving it a 10 but i'll join you for a 10 i really liked it i really like yeah. this movie maybe i'm just watching it at like a perfect time for me mm-hmm. but i feel just like Everything that was conveyed, it was so clear to me. The conversations all roll back into the great theme of the movie. So, like, Mm -hmm. it really doesn't feel like there is a lot of fat on it. It feels like Adam and Vicky have a conversation. They're furthering their relationship. Mm -hmm. They're contributing to the wider themes of the film. And I'm, like, engaged at every second. Yeah, And I think I just went in really not expecting much from this movie. And I was so pleasantly surprised because there are some decoms that we've done that have been a first time watch for me, but I have not really enjoyed any of them the way that I did this movie. Like I was so invested. I was so dropped in and it it really, I was taken aback. This might all be like very controversial and people are like, you guys are crazy. This movie is terrible. Right. But... (laughs) I really liked it. I'm not afraid to say it. I had a great time watching this movie. I I laughed. I felt emotions. I was gripped. What more can you ask? Yeah. 
go watch it. It's on Disney+. Plus. Let us know what you think. If this is a first time watch for you as well, which I assume it will be for a lot of our listeners because yeah. nobody knows this movie, um, let us know your thoughts. Yes, please. And I guess with that being said, if you would like more content, you can always join our Patreon. Um, we do have a Discord where people are always chatting. Mm-hmm. Talking about movies, books, recipes, a bunch of stuff. Yeah, we just added some new channels for like different topics and stuff. So if there are any topics that you guys want us to add to the Discord, please let us know. We can easily do that. Yes. I've already gotten some great dinner ideas, Mm -hmm. so really happy. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Movies That Raised Us. You can follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us Pod. You can also follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. And if you want to send us an email, you can always do so at Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.